Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guest about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Morning, uh, episode 18. Welcome, welcome to episode 18. Just going to get straight to it this week. Today's guest is Stu Goldsmith. Stu is an actor and stand-up comedian and has hosted the Comedian's Comedian podcast for uh, quite some time now. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, uh, do it, do it, do it now. Don't do it now. Uh, Listen to this one, then go do it afterwards. Um, But today we talked to Stu about parenthood, displacement and uh, Red Dwarf, uh, of all things. Anyway, here is a uh, conversation between stand-up comedian Lauren Patterson stand-up comedian, Stu Goldsmith, and me. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm tired. I've been up since five, but uh, that's baby chat. Uh, I was looking, uh, I was thinking on the way in of um, uh, what sorts of things we might end up talking about. And at the moment, I am at ground zero of my biggest mental health trigger, which is lack of sleep. Ah. So uh, there's just 
you know the way you, you practice self-care and you go, I definitely need some sleep now. Yeah. And then you have a child or indeed a second child in my case and you go, nope, no, that's not happening anymore. Nope. No, it, I mean, it could literally be a couple of years <laughs> until, we're getting, until I'm getting enough sleep. Because yeah. I get really bad insomnia from time to time. I used to work with a guy who just had a little baby and I came in one morning and said, I haven't slept all night. I feel fucking terrible. And then he looked at me like Cry he was going to exactly, like <laughs> yeah. he was jump across the desk and murder me. <laughs> When was the last time you felt calm? I I think, for me, calmness is um, it's it's infrequent and fleeting and to be cherished. Uh, but I I really felt calm yesterday. I got bitten in the leg by my toddler, <laughs> and uh, I will show you. I, I can't show you. It's there. So I, I like it's about. I'm motioning six inches down from my belt. So I can't conveniently show you. I wouldn't dream of getting my hairy legs out in this very claustrophobic studio. But um, uh, it's at it's at the exact height of his teeth. <laughs> he, we were dancing in the kitchen, uh, which is a lovely thing, uh, and uh, we have kitchen rays frequently. And he got overexcited and not maliciously. He ran over to me and suddenly sank his front teeth, like bit me, like a yeah. real nip, broke the skin, bleeding. I stamped, I shouted, ow, 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 and in that kind of way that I was trying to sort of get the anger out upwards at the ceiling yep. in, in implosive stamping and, and shouting so as not to throw him bodily out of the window. Um, and um, and then he became very upset immediately, so I had to immediately calm down and yeah. and sort of cuddle him. And I was holding our baby, as his baby sister at the time, who I also managed not to throw. And... Um, and then I kind of had to go from nuts to absolute calm mm-hmm. to cope with him. And actually, it's very beautiful because I do, I think the moments when I feel most calm these days are when I'm clutching both of my children. I mean, clutching doesn't sound like a very calm word when I say it. But when I'm holding both of them, that now is the feeling I get, which is, oh, everything is all right in the world. Mm. Because for me, like a big... Not a, not a trigger, but like a, a, a warning sign, the canary in the coal mine of when I know my mental health is spiralling in a way that I otherwise hadn't realised. It's whenever anyone says to me, it's all going to be all right, if I start crying, that's when I'm like, oh, oh, there, we're there again. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're back the point. There. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so just, so just that moment of stillness and like it, like apologising, apologising for shouting at a child <laughs> who has just bit me. Yeah. Uh, that kind of, I just had to kind of, which is, just, you know, your your thoughts determine your emotions, don't you? And they they did. did. I thought, yeah. I can't I can't make this worse. I have to fix this. And I managed to completely calm down and just sort of hold both of them and breathe. Mm. So there was about a, a perfect second or two of calm in there. Uh, I'm going to ask you the exact same question. When was the last time you felt calm? I genuinely can't remember. I tried Pilates last week because I thought that was meant to be good for, like, being calm and zen, and I've never been so angry. <laughs> and then I, I was fuming. I was definitely, like, the most working-class person in the class, shoulders had laid down incorrectly, so straight up I was like, I do not like this woman, no. I've been lying down for 25 years, I've got that nailed, so I'm very good at lying down. And it was too, there was like whale noises, and it was like forced calm. Mm. And I was like, no, I I can't feel calm, when it felt like everything around us was like, this music should make you feel calm, and my voice should make you feel calm. And I was like, but it's not. And I ended up coming out so stressed. But then I found there's a boxing class on at the same time, so I went boxing instead. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I like that a lot more. I feel like I need to be aggressive to be calm, which mm. in a way, 
I'm fine is with there, it. Do you, do you feel a bit of a flow in boxing? Do you get in I the zone? I think so, yeah, and I think because maybe I let everything get bottled up. So when I was just lying on a mat, like, breathing into the floor, the point where I lost my shit, when she was like, just melt your pubic bone into the mat, and I was like, that's not a thing. <laughs> that part of me is not meant to melt, no. And then whereas when you're, like, doing something a bit more intense... I loved it. Like, I can't punch for shit. I was probably just, like, tapping the bag, but I was like, I'm so strong. (laughs) It's that weird generic idea of relaxation where everyone says to me, kind of like, if you're going through a bad mental health time, you just need to put some candles on, have a nice warm bath. Yeah. I'll be sat in the bath with those candles on going... And now what the fuck do I do? <laughs> I'm left alone with my own thoughts. They're the thing I'm trying to escape from. I need to be distracted from oh, this. Take, it's so hard to take advice about your mental health. Like yeah. The classic thing is, I, I've said this to my brother, and I'm sure people have said it to me, I've had the exact same reaction, is you go, I'm really, I'm down at the moment, I've, my head's really clouded with everything, what can I do? And the person will say, you need to go for a run. So this idea of one thing will fix everyone, like going for a run, nice bath drinking water is the one that really annoys me you need to be drinking more water it's like no now I'm really hydrated you need to piss all the time and I'm depressed it's just like this is absolutely miserable for me like being calm is watching a Con Air film uh, watching a Con Air film watching (laughs) Con Air one of the Con Air Air franchise (laughs) the first and most memorable oh of course the sequel not as good but it's just when you leave the DVD on going over and over again (laughs) Uh, yeah, watching Conair, watching Nicolas Cage run around with bad hair is one of the most peaceful things in the entire world. I, I have a real weakness for really terrible movies, like really generic, obvious yeah. heist Con Conair is not a dreadful film. Uh, sure. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I believe you. I think it's an excellent film. It is a particular, it's a particular, not even genre, it's a particular type of film. Yes. It's, yeah. it's an exceptional example of the sort of thing I'm talking about. Mm. So I love the Jack Reacher movie. You know, I, and I know they're bad and I love them anyway because I sort of, I see them in the same way as I, as I view uh, half rice, half chips, and sweet and sour sauce. Like it's not a meal, yeah. but it makes me feel. It's like <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like oh, some let's have a bit of stodge. Do you know what I mean? There's something. Yeah. It, it clearly connects with something in my life that yep. makes me go, everything's okay now. The whole idea of comfort food. I don't really think about. It, but that's exactly what it is. I like yeah. comfort food, comfort movies. Comfort, trashy thriller books. Yeah. yeah. And the whole, but at the same time, there is a little thing in the back of my mind going, You are making yourself fat and unhealthy <laughs> yeah. and illiterate. By, by but I'm loving it. It's stuff. brilliant. Probably the last time I was calm was the day I had marzipan for breakfast. I love marzipan. <laughs> oh, God. And I'd walk up and I was so like, You know, when you're just down, I was like, Oh, I need to get out of this headspace straight away or it's going to ruin the whole day. I went in the fridge and there was just a chunk of marzipan. I was like, I'm an adult. I can have marzipan for breakfast. Best 10 minutes of my life, but not really a sustainable lifestyle choice. Oh, not at all. On Saturday, I had um, crisps for breakfast because there was nothing else in the house and I felt so guilty and so brilliant at the exact same time. Like I was a hidden genius. It was marvellous. When was the first time you were made aware of mental health actually being a thing? In, in in terms of my own life, I suppose, that's the only... I don't notice anything that happens to anyone else in the world. Um, <laughs> I remember it must have been in the early 2000s when I was round a mate's house. My friend Ben lived in Birmingham and his wife was studying to, to be a psychologist or a psychotherapist of some thought. And she had a book about cognitive behavioural therapy, CBT, 
and uh, I was just left in their house while they went out and did something. I was staying there rehearsing a show for a few nights. And um, and I idly picked it up and looked through it and properly, like, everything, the rest of the world fell away. Yeah. And I just was started, like, reading a case study, like, a little example paragraph thing and going, oh, that's me. Oh, and just having, like, a real... Um, it's such a peculiar experience to go to suddenly view loads of things I think and have thought and yep. actions I've taken through the lens of, oh, it's not just that the world is shit yep. or that I'm a shit person. This is a thing. Maybe Ben's girlfriend can help. <laughs> <laughs> just it, you know. and, and thus began a, a phase of uh, spending a lot of money on therapy and, and try, continually trying and trying to find the right therapist because then there's that whole journey of like, yeah. I found uh, the first therapist I go to. Great. Oh, this is what therapy is. I mean, I got in that trap and I think CBT lends itself to this yeah. of going... I'm good enough to not pay for a therapist anymore. <laughs> and then six months to 12 months later, God, I'm miserable. Oh, oh someone's told, someone said it's all going to be all right. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like you get, the longer you do it, you the more you spot those kind of triggers and uh, certain behavioral things. But in the early days, when you're not aware of it, yeah. it's so easy just to think, uh, there's no point asking for help because the world is fucked. What's, what, yeah. what's spending money on a therapist going to do? Because the world is fucked and I am fucked. Yeah. Let me swear on this show. <laughs> I think we're just going to fucking go for it, okay. to be honest. Um, no, completely agree. I think that's why representation in this is so such an important thing. Like, obvious example, but kind of the Daily Mail saying that uh, antidepressant prescriptions have gone up, skyrocketed in the last three years or so. It's because representation has gone up so much in the last three years that people are seeing themselves... Yeah in articles, in films, in um, newspapers and going, oh, f like yourself, sure. fuck, this isn't yeah. the world. This is this is something wrong with me. This yeah. is, exactly. I can relate to this. so important because I just, well, I didn't think I was a pessimist, but everyone told me I was a pessimist. So everyone was like, oh, Lauren's just grumpy. Lauren's just, and I hadn't been. I was always a dead positive, like, life of the party. And then throughout uni, I just, like, went into myself. And, like, I would still be, like, the life of the party because I'm a legend, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I would find myself when I was on my own, I'd be like, Oh my god, this is I'm, I'm normally fine on my own, but I'm so miserable and I'm so down. I was like, I'm obviously just a pessimist, I'm a horrible person, mm -hmm. like all these kind of things. And then I remember doing an online quiz, like, do you have depression? And you know how it gives you like the scale of like, eh, you're fine, eh, you're all right, eh, you're fucked. I was like off the scale, fucked. And I was like, well, online quizzes are shit. <laughs> like, no, that isn't. And I was convinced that depression wasn't a thing because I was yep. like, I've got nothing to be depressed about. I was 21. Yeah. I was like, I'm at uni, I'm having a good time, I've got great friends I had a lovely boyfriend I was like what would I have to be depressed about so I was like I must be miserable and then I saw Louisa Romilian show and I cried all the way through it because I was like it's me it's well like it's not that it's me it's I've got something wrong with this and I was like convinced that that's just who I was destined to be as a person and I was like oh my god if I'd never gone to see that show I would have just sat in my room and been like ah, well I'm just oh, miserable yep. maybe I'll get a cat and die alone <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is nuts to think of those, like, what if that hadn't happened? Yeah. Or yeah. conversely, when you're feeling less happy about it, why didn't that, why couldn't that have happened yeah, 10 years Yeah, so, yeah you know? exactly that. That's why I think it's so important now. Like, I never want to, like, labour the point in my stand-up about mental health, but I always just want to talk about it casually and naturally and just, like, slip it in. Because I'm like, the more natural it is in my stand-up, the more natural it becomes in conversation if that makes Completely. sense because I, I never want to be like I am doing a show about mental health but I'll always discuss it and talk about it and like drop it in and drop it back out and I find that such a good way of talking about it because I'm like well, it was just natural and if that and I remember someone coming to see my show in the summer and she was like 
oh my god my mom told me she was depressed after she saw your show and I was like did my show do it <laughs> I'm sorry and she was like no but it's, she's obviously been feeling that way for a long time but she'd opened up to her daughter the first time and I was like oh my god I'm healing people <laughs> but it's nice because that's like I just know how I felt after hearing someone talk about it so candidly and I was like that's what we need more people to just be so open about it that you then feel less like a load it's, oh, it's such a weird thing your Completely. brain because my first kind of exploration into it I guess was when I was got really drunk and I was writing a Tumblr post <laughs> uh, because MySpace wasn't cool and people were, all the cool people were on Tumblr and I just wrote about 2,000 words about how I hated my life and hated myself and everything that was wrong with the world and then drank half a bottle of rum and passed out and the next morning woke up to hundreds of people just saying really sorry you're going through this but I've been through a similar thing Aww. and kind of people going like you possibly want to go see a doctor and that kind of first kind of advice was just so brilliant because I'd never had anything like that yeah. before because you don't when you're young and you think that like you're just miserable or yeah. I think I was like you like I just had this grumpy persona yeah everyone saw me as kind of like a Bernard Black sort yeah. of miserable twat and it's kind of like oh wait no actually I am allowed to be happy occasionally yeah. that's that's absolutely fine was it was there um did you feel a pressure to kind of conform to that? Or was there a comfort in being what people were describing you as being? Like, if you felt that Bernard Black thing, that's a kind of... Like, one of the fun yeah. things about watching that character yeah. is he's sort of vigorously misanthropic. You can go, oh, this is a this is a coat I'll wear. This yeah. actually is an identity, isn't it? This right, fits be... for now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and unchecked, that can go on your whole life. Oh, and that totally. story you're telling yourself about who you are just becomes the truth. Yeah, yeah. completely nothing. And it was. like I didn't know who I was. I had no identity to myself. So I just found this other thing. And I was like, cool, that seems to work for me. I'll just yeah. spend my life in pubs swearing at people <laughs> and it'll be marvellous. I was like, oh, no, actually, this is uh, less than bloody yeah. ideal. Kind of going back to representation as well, like one of the best things in the last few years talking about male mental health specifically was when Bruce Springsteen wrote um, his autobiography and started talking about his mental health for the first time, which opened it up to a whole generation of men that just kind of went, yeah. especially the old, older yeah, like middle-aged right. men, going, holy fuck, like Bruce Springsteen can talk about this and Bruce Springsteen yeah. is probably the manliest man that's ever existed. <laughs> if he can talk about it, I can talk about it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. How do you look after your mental health in your day-to-day life, then? Badly. Yeah. I feel like I'm very good at dishing out advice to other people. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. you need to take it. So my boyfriend is like, he's he's got no problems with his mental health, but he's very, like, stressed and stuff with work at the minute. So I'm like, okay, you need to look after your brain because that could go into a place where suddenly it's a bit overwhelming. I'm like, you need to take breaks. You need to look after yourself. I'll tell you what, Saturday, have a day where you do no work. And I'm like, Lauren, take a tiny bit of your own advice <laughs> as I'm sat, like, answering emails on my phone while applying to gigs on my laptop while crying because someone else has got something that I wanted. I'm very good at, like, sort of being able to look after other people. And then just when it comes to myself, I'm like, I'll just have marzipan for breakfast. Yeah, that'll fix things. I think that can be quite a sign, like a big sign that someone is suffering with something, though. Because if someone is really over the top willing to help other people, it's usually yeah. because they're trying to deflect from looking after themselves. Because <laughs> yeah. I know that's what I've done my entire life. I yeah. like looking after people. I like making sure that other <laughs> yeah. people are happy. I have literally like, never considered that perspective, and it's just made me... <laughs> oh, God, that's exactly what I do. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, Procrastination, yeah, self-care. Yeah. Yeah. It completely it is. Just help everybody else. And yeah. if they're happy, that means I've done something good for today. Because then it gives you a feeling as well of achievement and yeah. like, oh, well, I've done something. I've fixed five other people. Yeah. But how do you feel, Lauren? Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. I'm sorry that <laughs> you're now having an existential crisis. Yeah. Could, you, could you please stop strumming my pain with your fingers? Because I, genuinely, I do that all the time. And I hadn't ever. Of course, it's a displacement activity, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. There are certain things that I remember. I remember a lot of CBT kind of buzzwords. CBT didn't work for me that well in the end. The thing that really made a difference to my life was a thing called gestalt psychotherapy, which, again, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> but it, uh, uh, I remember seeing this guy in like, the second uh, session we had. He said, I'm just going to try something with you. A lot of people, um, so some people don't really get on with this, but I think you're going to be okay with it. And he basically <laughs> had me sitting on four different chairs in the same room, kind of hot seating, kind of personifying ah. different dissenting voices in my head the the idea being long term to kind of go okay that's that's this part of yeah. your personality that's this part and actually what you need to do is let them all be there shrink them down in size and realise actually the chair that's facing them all is you and you oh, get wow. to make the decisions on who really? does it and that was a good few that's sessions that's like the guy yeah. from Split like yeah, fighting indeed. for the light yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stu's in the light now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah often 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 I am and, uh, I mean this is here's, a, here's an updated reference do you remember Red Dwarf <laughs> that, there was an this episode this podcast is sponsored by Dave of so any Red Dwarf. Well, watch the episode Better Than Life because that's what I think that one is secretly about yeah. depression because the the idea of a computer game that you're you're like a virtual reality game you're in it and it hides itself from you and you think that's your real life that is exactly what depression yeah. is it's actually a really good example because towards the end of the episode Rimmer's mind starts turning on him because it won't accept happiness for oh, him yeah. and knows I mean, it's unnatural God. and the whole thing starts going totally. to shit I mean, I'm, that's so exactly what it's about I shall be I writing think... a dissertation on how that episode is a foresight <laughs> <laughs> into mental health problems <laughs> Okay, how has your relationship with mental health changed uh, over the last few years? How's my relationship with mental health changed over time? I'll just. Do you want to start? Yeah. Do I, do I go second? I think <laughs> for me, because obviously it's just it's been a weird like acceptance thing. So because I was in denial for so long about like someone like me wouldn't be depressed, like blah blah blah, all these things. Just the moment that you suddenly like accept it, it's like ah. Oh. Oh, that's all right. And then once I started being, I never talked about it in my stand-up, never. I was like, oh, I don't want to look weak. 
don't want to look weak, don't want to look like a little snowflake millennial. I know I'm already quite young to be on the circuit. And I was like, the second I start talking about having anxiety, people will be like, oh, whatever. Oh, we didn't have anxiety in my day. Come on. And I think just the second I started to be more open about it, it just felt a bit more, like, bearable. Mm-hmm. Like, which was quite nice in a way, because when you're like blocking it out in your head, you're kind of just perpetuating the problem because you you know deep down what the answer is, but because you don't want to accept that, you know there's no way of finding an answer. So you're like, well, this is just me forever. But yeah, now I'm a bit more open, a bit more chatty. I like that I can just be like, I'm having a bad day, send me pictures of dogs. People do. And it's like, oh, that is quite nice just to be open and be like rather than be fake today and be like everything's great i'm like nah i'm, I'm not fine can yeah. someone cheer us up can someone help can someone tell us a joke and it is quite nice in a way to just yeah be a bit open about it i feel less scared of it yeah. i think because i didn't know what it was i was so scared but now i'm like my brain's just wired a bit different like, that's it oh, completely yeah. honestly i think that when you think about it in a purely biological sense is the fact that just you have certain neurotransmitters that are firing at a different rate from other human beings yep, yeah and when you start realizing it like that you just kind of go so it is just the way i am it's part of yep. me this is just part of my identity unfortunately totally. it's not a great part of my identity but i can yep. live with it and i can own it because exactly what, I, I think i was so determined to try and not necessarily change it but i'd be like I'd be, there must be a way I can pull myself out of this. And I, try, I like, tried on lots of different hats of personalities. And I was like, none of these hats fit my head. And that's because my head was too depressed to fit in any hats. <laughs> <laughs> but like once I kind of just owned my little depressed hat, I was like, well, you know, yeah, it's part of who I am. So why would I want to try and change? And I think I've become a lot more of a bearable person now that I've just held my hands up and been like, yeah, sometimes I get too sad. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. But now I'm aware of that. I'm going to be a lot more tolerable 90% yep. of the time. Which is brilliant. And metazapine. I love metazapine. That helps. <laughs> I've heard of metazapine. What's metazapine? It's a good one. It gave it was they said it was quite strong. And I was like, hmm, how strong? Very strong, it turns out. So they were like, don't take it in the day because it makes you fall straight asleep. But I'm quite an insomniac, so I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I took it and I was asleep within ten minutes. I was like, spark out. And they said it might give us weird dreams. I have had some of the most budget dreams. I have ever had in my life. I had a dream, like some really good ones and some really awful ones. So I had one that I'd went back to a hotel with my boyfriend and found the whole thing on fire, which I don't know if that was a representation for my life at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. And then I had another one where I was at the zoo and I was like, this is a good fun dream. But then the zookeeper fucked a capybara which is, you know, the one, the big ones that are like big hamsters. And I remember distinctly, and I don't know why I'm admitting this, the capybara had a square penis, like a proper cube. And I was stood watching a zookeeper fuck this square penis capybara. And I woke up and I was like, I don't know if I like metazapine. <laughs> I don't want to have and, uh, any. Where can you get it? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when I went to the doctor, I was like, have you had any strange dreams? And I was like, don't tell them about the one where you saw a zookeeper fucking animal. And I was like, oh, I did dream that, like, I went to a hotel and the entire hotel was on fire and everybody died. And he was like, yeah, sounds about right. And I was like, all right then. He just turned to you and said, have you had the capybara <laughs> dream yet? <laughs> <laughs> You're in. <laughs> I think the way my my relationship to my mental health has changed is I I've definitely got better at accepting it and I've definitely I sort of feel I did that like I went through a phase a little while ago of of sort of going all right okay this this is this is it I'm in it for the long haul and I think that's definitely a very positive time I think nowadays I can't indulge it 
so much mm-hmm. and I see the benefit of yeah. that in some ways and also that's a disadvantage sometimes yep. because it's you know I, I think all the time of that thing of Homer Simpson going do you remember when daddy hit the referee you know <laughs> really, like you just take it like I, I can feel my, my fear now is I turn into a cliche repressed dad as I don't have the time to indulge my I don't mean yeah. indulge I don't mean that to have a negative connotation I don't have the time to sit and work through anything I'm yeah. too busy putting out um, I mean not literal fires but yeah. one degree more <laughs> literal than the dream world yeah. you know I, I'm, I'm too busy to really pay that much attention to myself which in some ways is yeah. fantastic because yep. it is like going for a run it is I mean it isn't the same <laughs> but it's um it's like having something that occupies all your time has yeah. you know being so busy with a family and working on the rest of it I have I've been able to distract myself from some of the the less pleasant bits um but also I that's not that healthy and I would love to start seeing a therapist again I moved house a couple of years ago not really seen this guy since and um I would love to take up someone else money's now much more of an option I've got dependents and uh, and time so I have. I am just getting on with things. So that now my my preconception or my preconceived fear yeah. is that I end up being a Homer Simpson type dad. Yeah. Where you, I mean, he's not the best example, but that quote, you know, where you just go, I'm just, I don't have time to deal with this now. And also, and I, I, I talk about this a little bit on stage, but there is a thing in parenting called the rage phase. And that was so great when someone pointed out to me, though, how are you doing? And I just it spilled out of me. I just said, I just keep being really angry at my child and it makes me feel like the worst person in the world. And they went, oh, the rage phase. And I was like, thank it's you. Oh, God, it's a yeah. thing. It's an, oh, it was like seeing a CBT book all over again. Yeah. Oh, that's a thing. That's a thing. These, this feeling like normally, I think there's a theory of depression, which is that it's anger turned inwards. Done that a long time. Yeah. But, for a lot of my life now uh, there is someone small two small people in my life who are one of them pretty annoying sometimes <laughs> and uh, you through no fault of their own or you know or simply by biting me in the leg um <laughs> that, you know there is there is anger there there is there is the 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 closing of doors of choice there's the shutting down of options there is the track and you better get used to the track and i as as a sort of good for nothing stand up comedian, I fell further than most. Yeah. I think a lot of the dads in my NCT group were like, "Oh, I'm really into this," and I'm like, "I was free. Yeah. <laughs> I was so free." <laughs> you know that 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 has that's had an effect on me where I have struggled sometimes with my temper. Never yeah. had a relationship to anger before. It's just not been a thing. Not been part of my personality. And now uh, one of the the expressions of my kind of. Uh, uh, I'm trying not to use the word impotence because because I mean it metaphorically. You know, my like yeah. powerlessness. Um, that, I mean, the word for that is impotence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the expression of my metaphorical impotence is it it is that um, it, it, oh god, I get cross, I fly off a handle, mm. and um, and I really struggle with that, and then come down from that, have like a dip after that of just yeah. being angry and going, God, who are you? It's like being possessed but by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you can see, as you're doing it, you're thinking, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I've got no experience exactly, at it. I've got no, yeah. I've got no kind of um, mental jujitsu for mm. dealing with my temper. Yeah. So and I need to grow some, I need to develop some, but uh, when am I going to get around to that? <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of the, um, I think mental health disorders are inherently selfish. They are, you spend a lot of time thinking about yourself, even if yeah. it is a negative way, which is a primarily selfish action. Um, and, one of the things that is said quite a lot is that you do have to be selfish with mental health problems as well, that like you do need to take the time, you do need to just go, 
I just need half an hour where I just do fucking nothing. Yeah. Or yeah. like half an hour. And obviously when you have kind of responsibilities like yourself, it does become a lot more difficult. But I think it is important to get something there because when you start pushing yourself too much, you just get to that stage where you can feel that something's going to break. And like you say, it's that... It always, for me, feels like there's a guy inside my head watching me do all of the fucking nonsense that I'm doing in my yeah. life. And he's just going, why are you doing this now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like on a mission of self-destruction. And self-destruction can be yeah. little things like not sleeping, not eating properly, or going out and gambling all your money away and getting addicted to who, I don't know what the kids are on nowadays. <laughs> um, but it just takes so many different forms and all these different things. But you are so allowed to be absolutely selfish when it comes to your recovery or yeah. self-care or anything like that even if it's just five minutes a day just going I just want to eat a bag of crisps on the <laughs> toilet and no one can stop me it's just those little bits that are so important yeah I think that's why I found watching the Black Mirror Bandersnatch mm. so stressful because I was like for once in my life I am just trying to make the right decisions for somebody <laughs> and no matter what I do he ends up dead uh, this is can we ridiculous. not have any spoilers please I haven't had time to watch it uh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh I got stuck on it's not a spoiler but the first decision you make is between two serials yeah. and it, there's a countdown and I've got really bad anxiety and I don't yeah. make decisions very well anyway so I'm sat there going I have no fucking idea. And then the countdown starts getting deeper and deeper. And I was just like, this is the worst TV show I've ever watched in my entire life. Well, it took me four seconds to work out because the the, um, PlayStation controller had started to vibrate. And I was like, what's that? What's happening? What do I have to do? (laughs) When my boyfriend was like, it's a choose your own adventure. I was like, well, I didn't know that or I wouldn't have watched it. I I don't want to be in charge of any decisions. No, (laughs) that's not why I watch television. What self-care activity do you do that really helps with your mental health? Community, I think, is so important. And even if it's just yeah. a mate, just texting a mate or yeah. calling someone and just un- unloading. Just being able to say, you know, I mean, it's a cliche, isn't it? You know, a problem shared. But yeah. just to say to another human being out loud, God, I've had a t- God, what a day. And have a bit of a waver and a bit of a wobble. And then, you know... They're your mates. They call you a twat, yeah. and you go, "Oh yeah, you're right." You know, in a nice, caring way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because they know you, and they're allowed. And um, and uh, just to just share it is so so important. Yeah. And it's the it's the biggest difference I think between people who can can wrangle their mental health and people who are really struggling with yeah. it is you just think how frequently do you manage to speak to someone Somebody about else. it and yeah. get a second opinion and get a bit of an outside yeah. eye mm. on it and someone go. Like, I just remember the amount of times when I was a kid that I'd be worried about a test or worry about some aspect of school and uh, or social life or something, and then I would just confide in a single friend and they'd go, God, me too. And yeah. suddenly you'd go, oh, yeah. thank yeah. God. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally. extraordinary. Yeah. Me and my friends have a, uh, a rule called the emergency pint rule. And mm-hmm. if we're having a terrible day, we can just text the word emergency pint and you drop any other plans and you just meet up and rant yeah. and they don't even have to say anything it's not even like they're there but you're just talking, talking at, someone, at someone getting that information out verbalising it usually makes it a lot easier to quantify because yeah. when it's racking around your brain you're just thinking all the bad things yeah. but that idea of just having it's usually just the safety blanket of knowing someone's there as well that yeah. you could yeah. just text someone and go actually I'm just really having a shit day and like you said earlier yeah. I'm having a shit day just send me pictures of dogs and that's like yeah. it's such an easy thing to do to help someone that day as well exactly. and it's just a, what and I think that kind of support is 
growing now that the conversation is getting better, especially around people that don't necessarily suffer from mental health problems, but are getting more of an understanding about how they work and um, how kind of yeah. that statistic of one in four people will suffer with a mental health problem in their life and stuff like that. So many people are now more open to just kind of go, you're having a shit totally. day? That's fine. What do you want to do? Do you want to just get a takeaway and watch shit yeah. for absolutely ages. And it's like little things like that can mean so much. Definitely. I think especially with men as well, I feel like now it is becoming more sort of, I don't want to say accepted because that's the wrong, but you know mm. what I mean. More and more men are speaking out. It's like the people who have maybe been hammering that sort of belief home of, well, no, you just pull your socks up, toughen up. I think then I've started to open their eyes a bit and be like, oh, no, this is a thing. This is, oh, I'm going to ask my mate if he's okay. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna see if he wants an emergency pain. I, I do think it's interesting that you bring up the gender aspect of it because I, I am always so jealous of women's ability in a broader kind of... Um, I don't mean... Not, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, but uh, what I mean is... <laughs> Cancelled um, after episode one. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean that I know my male friends, and this is purely anecdotal in my own experience, but my male friends are far more predisposed to be lonely, to not talk about their feelings. Yeah. To what one of my best mates was becoming depressed over the course of about two years and never told me. Yeah. And never really even alluded to it in a way that I understood. And it was only after the event I was like, Jesus, why didn't you say something? I think that's still going on with a lot of men and I am hopeful that it will that it will change. But I, I definitely am so jealous of women's ability to meet friends, to to ask for help. Um, in a way that I think men still just don't think to, because it's it's yeah. so easy to. I think there is there is a there is a, a I, you're absolutely right that people go oh you know just pull yourself together. The real work that's going on is you don't even get as far as thinking pull yourself together. Yeah. You just don't think of ringing a mate. Which not to not to disagree with you. Oh all, no, I get what but, you're saying. Um, yeah, but uh, you know. Every man, I think, in their heart thinks that they're a lonely sniper. Yeah. <laughs> they have to solve the... They've got to win the war themselves, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you've, you've got to change that. You've got to change that because otherwise that's how you get actual lonely snipers. Yeah. That was too dark for the end. <laughs> <laughs> and that I was mean, the end. But if we could lose the second half of yeah. that sentiment, I'd appreciate <laughs> it because my lonely sniper point was a good yeah. point and then there was a stupid pat thing. I'm but always yeah. really interested as well if... Because obviously I, I don't have that... Um, perception because I'm a woman but I can talk to my mum but I rang my I've rang my mum three times today and it's what quarter four I, I speak to my mum so much and I'm like I always wonder do our lads that able to speak to their dads because I think this or even their mums as well because there's something about a mum for me your mum fixes everything and I think especially when you're a girl you've got that like quite close bond with your mum like friends so I can ring my mum and tell her like anything I'll have a rant and like say something as well just be like down the phone and then after 20 minutes I'll be like right well I've got to go I feel better now and she's like hello uh, (laughs) nice to speak to you and I do always wonder if like lads have got that same relationship where they feel like they can open up to like a parent like a mum or a dad or again if like what you were saying that boils into like a gender thing if maybe girls are just a bit more close and a bit more open I, d- I don't know what I'm saying I just think it's generally could be really a regional thing because you're northern and you lot talk, talk a lot all the time <laughs> all the time but I always think if I didn't especially because I live like quite far from my family and I don't have a big friendship group down here I think god if I didn't have my mum who would I talk to and there must be people out there who don't have close relationships with their family or don't feel able to talk to their family and I think that's like super interesting mm. as well because I'm like god 
talk to your ma. It's cheaper than the therapist. Like, aren't depending on what form plan you're on, but <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. If my mum had three missed calls from me in one day, she would call the police. Yeah. That would be her first inclination. <laughs> then the Coast Guard and then yeah. an exorcist, probably. It's just that's her way, the way yeah. her mind would work. Yeah, I do. I, I ring my dad when I've got, uh, when I need his advice on something, advice. if I've got a problem, a yeah. challenge to solve. And that is a really good, solid uh, friendship relationship that I have with my dad. And I don't, yeah. I don't mean that in a negative way. I love him and I tell him I love him. You know, I always used to try and freak him out at the end of conversations. I remember doing this in my 20s, just <laughs> before he put the phone down just going I love you so I do feel very lucky to have a good relationship with both of my parents but I'm certainly I mean I ring my mum once a month really you know? yeah, see my yeah, boyfriend yeah. see my boyfriend will be like but man, he lives in London as well and he'll be like you probably speak to your mum more and you live 250 miles from her and I don't know if it's a north south thing if it's a boy girl thing I don't know if I'm just chatty as fuck <laughs> but like ah. Uh, she, she's they're such good sounding boards parents as well because I bet you half the time I ring her she's just got us on speaker and she's making a cuppa or she's pottering or I bet you half the time she's not listening but just having someone around who is contractually obliged to love us like no matter what I say she's still got to end that phone call with like love you see you whenever like that mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's that like <laughs> I've got no fear that she's going to be on the other end going well I think you're being a bit of a bitch or I think this I'm like you've got to love me you're my mum like I'm automatically right no matter what I say I love the fact that when my mother listens to this podcast, she'll have ignored all of the stuff about mental health and just say, Lauren rings her mum three yeah. times a day. You haven't called me in three months. Yeah. <laughs> would there be anything that you would say to your younger self now um, that you are in a better place or in a different place with your mental health compared um, to your younger self? Forgoing my absolutely concrete rule about never taking advantage of any time travel to talk to your past or present or future self. Never do that. (laughs) Never get a wish. Never answer a riddle from a genie. It's just, like, it never works out. So, hypothetically... Oh, hypothetically, of course. I would say that... um, the sooner you get help, the better. Recognising, like, even, just go, even if you think you're fine, just spend 30 quid, save up, ask for your birthday just for a session with a therapist, <laughs> whatever age you are, just to turn up and just, like, do it from a position of power, knowing that you don't, hey, I don't need this. Just go and meet someone and go, hey, let's just have a chat. Let's just go do for an a introductory laugh. chat. Exactly. Yeah. Go for a laugh. Because you might find that just before you leave, you go, like that, and they go, yeah. Ah, like yeah. It, so... Also, there are a huge amount of free online resources now that you could, you know, search mentally. If you're listening to this, you already know all this, but you can you can find so much. You can get so many second and third and fourth opinions on it. There are so yeah. many resources out there. Um, and also, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Started was, off strong there. That was really good. No, no, I didn't run out of ideas. I just started feeling a bit emotional about the concept of telling younger me that there are, well, there are things he doesn't need to bother thinking. Yeah. And there are there are whole big long decisions he doesn't need to have he doesn't need to have made just because actually it's not you're not the problem. You've got some problems. You're not a problem. Yeah. That's a and, great way of uh, saying it. Yeah. And. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, oh God, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is an excellent way to end the show, I yeah. think. Thank you so much, Stu. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I feel bad now we've not found out what Lauren would say to her younger self, but I guess if you're the presenter... Then I'm you're... still so young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, what would you say to your younger yeah, self? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I wrote myself a note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. That's episode 18 done. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Stu for letting us bother him. Uh, And if you haven't heard the Comedians Comedian podcast, then uh, head over to there now and uh, delve in. There's hundreds of episodes to choose from. Uh, and some with uh, people that have been on this podcast as well, such as uh, Laura Alexa, Hearshar, Elf Lions, all do brilliant episodes on that podcast. So uh, just uh, just find a place to start and then you'll have, I think it's over 300 episodes now, uh, which is uh, amazing. Just some news from us as well. Uh, we're going to be recording more episodes of this in the next few months. So if you can think of anyone you'd like to hear Lauren and myself bother, uh, just tweet us with your suggestions, either on the Dave Twitter feed or, or, or mine. Uh, just, just let us know. Um, uh, or just stop by for a conversation as well. We can have a cup of tea and have a bit of a chat via Twitter. It's always nice to have a chat. As usual, if you'd like, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, we're almost at 100 five-star reviews on iTunes, which is uh, is amazing. And uh, we'd like to do that. That'd be brilliant, because then I can be smug. And we can all be smug. Talking about being smug, uh, you've donated to Calm by listening today. So you've donated with your ears, because uh, all the ad money we make um, that comes to us, we send directly to Calm. And uh, if... You listen some more, more money goes to calm. And if you get more people to listen, more money goes to calm. So let's let's do that. That'd be a good thing to do. That'd be nice. Uh, that's probably enough from me, to be honest. I, I was just talking for bloody ages. Um, so until next week, uh, bye, 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 bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. Where's your search history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. <laughs> that, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising position. Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel.